Orange Fire Podcast, aka MFKS Radio, on the airwave style at 487.52. Your pod is hosted by Kelsey and Megan, who are in a ranting state of mind. The, gar- <laughs> the Garbage Fire Pod is all about being unironically passionate to the point that you would dive into the dumpster for the things that you love. I was about to say the second half <laughs> as well. But today, it's not so much things that we love. Uh, it's going to be a rough one. It's not going to be rough. Uh, we've lot, lots, most of the week at work, I've been like sending Kelsey things and then they start in caps like, and another thing! <laughs> yeah, that made me laugh a number of times. That's pretty much all this week is going to be, because oh my god, oh my god, but let's talk about the things that you want to talk about first, before we talk about work. You just said you went to see Solo. Oh, I did go see a movie yesterday. Okay, firstly... VIP at Cineplex is fucking bullshit, Megan. I agree. It's stupid. I like the idea of it, but it also needs to have the giant screens, and it doesn't, and that makes it no good. I like the seats. I like the arrangement of the seats. The food fucking sucks. Yeah. The alcohol is overpriced. Yeah. And it's just a way for people who are rich and privileged to have a very special VIP experience. Yeah. And it's bullshit. I don't like it. I agree. It's super bullshit. Although, if I like one ticket to pre- like a, a movie premiere in the VIP, I'd be like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm in. For sure. That'd be fine. That would be fine. Or the one time I went with my friend Amy, and she's like, we went to see Divergent in the VIP because she didn't want like children around, which is fine, and she paid oh. for it, and I was like, heck yeah, I'm in. Ooh, yeah, because during the trailers, Incredibles 2 came, and Chris was like, we need a kid, so going to that would be weird. But if we went to it in VIP... I went to see Curious George at 9 o'clock at night in a movie theater in Vancouver with, like, me and two friends. No, there was, like, 14 people in the theater. You just have to go to those kids' movies. Actually, no. Incredibles 2 won't be weird because there's people, like, our age. It's all our age. I know. That's what I said. But, you know. Um, Okay. So, yes, Larissa, this is the episode of Kelsey Bitches. (laughs) It is. VIP is bullshit. I am absolutely up to here tired with eight fucking commercials before the trailer start of movies. Yeah. Go to hell. And see, Solo was just crappy. <laughs> oh, no spoilers for Solo if you're watching this live. Just just prepare. Um, so dudes at work went. Three of them went on Wednesday, Thursday, I don't remember. And said they averaged out to an eight out of ten. Someone else went, who I like a lot better, said it was a 6 out of 10. And that's what I said. I think but he I also told Larissa a low 6. Confirm, Larissa. He also said that uh, Last Jedi was like a 4 out of 10, and I was like, we need to like reframe your movie watching. Last Jedi, I didn't crazy, crazy like, but it was definitely better than Solo. Okay, why was Solo so bad? Other than the obvious reasons that it's a movie about Han Solo. Who, as a character, is it's not interesting. Shitty. Not interesting. Uh, the fourth thing that I forgot to say is that 3D movies are bullshit. And they can go in the garbage where they belong. Um, if I wanted to see a movie in 3D, I would live a more exciting life. <laughs> um, I did say low six. Yes, thank you, Larissa. Um, the first half of the movie was so incomprehensibly dark. Like, I couldn't see characters. I couldn't see what they were doing. And I even was like... Oh, you mean like... Like, I couldn't... Like, like visually yes, dark, not, visually not dark, like... Okay. Not thematically dark, okay. visually dark. I even, like, lifted up my glasses, because you know how the 3D glasses are, like, darker? Mm-hmm. And I still couldn't see, even though it, like, was blurry as if I took off my actual glasses. 
I still couldn't see what was happening. Wow. And there were so many references that were just so disingenuously, like, shoehorned in. Okay. That it just felt so fake and... Interesting. So what did you dishonest. say? Dishonest. Yeah, it was It was just not very enjoyable. So I... And I haven't seen it, and so I don't... Whatever. And I mean, like you said, you can't really spoil it, because you know the fate Everyone of lives! Yeah. <laughs> would, would it be fair to say that the Han Solo standalone movie doesn't serve the Star Wars universe in an appreciable way? Unlike, for example, Rogue One. Correct. Because Rogue One was maybe the best of all of the Star Wars movies. And you know what would actually be better? A Lando movie. Oh, hell yes! And every scene that Lando was in was so much better than every scene that was just hot. Um, like, he is so boring and uninteresting, I he's can't even... cardboard in pretty much everything. And yeah. I don't just mean Han Solo, I mean Harrison Ford. Except for, like, well, maybe it's not the Harrison future. Ford. But you know what I mean? But but that's oh, the I character, right? Yeah. Like, that's the character. And I feel like because he's a character that is quote-unquote beloved, which yeah. is what people will say, mm-hmm. I feel like there's sort of this expectation that he's going to act a certain way. Because, yeah, I've never... I'm gonna go on, oh, I don't know, I'm hearing a real hot take. Ooh, hit me with it. Star Wars movies are bad movies. Megan, we've said this before, they're awful. Um, and they're, it's fine to enjoy them. Yeah. I enjoy Fast and Furious movies, knowing full well that they're bad. I'm under no illusion that they're good movies, except for the fifth one. I don't um, think they're particularly well made. The Star Wars movies? No. I don't think they are either. They were, like, groundbreaking in the 70s. Sure. And, they came, and I get that. Doesn't I get mean it. they're good now. And, and, and they were enjoyable <laughs> for people, like, for kids. Like, I get it. I understand all of these things. But I don't think they're good movies. No. And I think part of the problem that these new movies are, are running into is the same problem that The Walking Dead has run into in trying to, like, keep fans of the old stuff happy while oh. also bringing along new fans. Right. And because they're retelling... So Rogue One, they've retold a story or told a part of the story that has been told, I'm pretty sure, through, like, novels and other stuff, but never in the movies. But it wasn't with characters that people, like, loved. And so I don't think it mattered so much, but I think the Han Solo one, people love Han Solo for some odd reason. I don't get why. He's a dick. Um, well, yeah. And so, but I think that that's part of it, is they're still trying to, like, keep those, like, those, like, hardcore Star Wars fans happy, but also cast someone like Donald Glover to, like, draw in a newer crowd. And and I think that's the big problem with some of these, the newer movies, which is one of the reasons why I think that some of the more hardcore Star Wars fans don't like, say, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, because they're too different from what they're used to. Yeah. That's what I would say. I agree. I find that, especially in this film, we know that in A New Hope, like, Han is a dick. Like, he's selfish, he doesn't Mm -hmm. care about anybody else, but he's not... He's the polar opposite of that in Solo. Mm. And still, at the end, you don't have any idea as to why he changes. So I heard that there's maybe going to be a Solo 2. There should be. To tell more of the story? The Amelia Clark character is incredibly interesting and compelling. Like, I wish the film was about her character. Wait, wait, wait. 
I'm sensing a common theme in these new Star Wars movies. That the female characters are better? Where the female characters are super interesting, and the male characters generally aren't. She was really, really good. Interesting. Yeah, and Larissa, absolutely Infinity War is a thousand percent better than Solo. A thousand percent. I feel like that was a foregone conclusion from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. It was so so humorless. Like, there were moments where it was cut so that everyone would laugh. Yeah. You could see the comedic equation happen. Yeah. And literally the theater was silent. Oh. There was no laughter. It was so painfully humorless. That's really unfortunate. I couldn't, couldn't believe it, since, like, all of the other ones have been so good. Of the new ones. Of the new ones. Well, I I think that, like, The Last Jedi suffers a little bit from that humor, like, shoehorning humor in, Mm -hmm. where they tried too hard. Yeah. And it wasn't funny, but it was meant to be funny, Mm -hmm. and I was just like, eh. Like, it wasn't funny when Rey, like, knocked over that obelisk and like the the fragment of it like landed on the wheelbarrow that the fish lens were pushing it wasn't actually funny I don't know what you mean I was just like eh and it was gross when Luke like drank the milk from that like weird like it it wasn't funny it was meant to be but I was just like eh Mm -hmm. but that's I think again that whole like Star Wars movies are funny and there's like there's good one liners in the original trilogy I'll give it that Mm because there are some really great ones and I think that they were like, wow, people thought Star Wars movies are funny. Let's make them funny again. And it's like, no, they don't need to be. No. Amanda, what? She was eating a cheese called Euphoria. Oh, it's a sheep cheese. And I thought Kelsey would enjoy that. I do like the pun work. That is wonderful. Oh, I get it now. <laughs> I was yeah. like, wait a second. I don't understand. <laughs> I feel like it's spelled differently. I know. I even had to read it twice before I was like, hmm? Wait, what? Um, it sounds like an expensive cheese in So is, so, if we were to rank, if you were to rank Solo in this, like, pantheon of Star Wars, where would it go? Oh, 100% the, the bottom. Oh, wait, because for, I'm forgetting about the prequels and those are two. I was just going to say, like, is Attack of the Clones better than Solo? No, it's between, it's between the prequels and the originals and the modern ones are okay. first. Okay. Yeah. Alright. And, like, Rogue One is obviously oh, that movie was so good. Yeah, it's real good. That movie was so good. Mm-hmm. So good. I need to rewatch it. It's on Netflix, right? It is. It is. I got home last night, and fortunately, because it's on the television, and so I watched, like, the last 45 minutes of it. And I noticed a very interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Would you like to know? Yes. And then I texted Reva, and she was like, is that something that some, like, weird fan on the internet discovered? I was like, no, I actually saw it with my own eyes. <laughs> no, that was me! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so yes, but... <laughs> But no, no, so, um, I don't care about spoilers, if you haven't seen it, I don't care. Um, so when, uh, Kylo Ren, uh, stabs Han Solo with the lightsaber, mm-hmm. and thrusts it through his stomach, Harrison Ford's not a good actor, either. His reaction face was real bad, but anyway, yeah, he was, like, kind of terrified, but also, like, trying to hold in a fart, it was very, it was very awkward, but anyway. Um, right before he, like, pushes him off of that bridge that they're standing on, Han reaches up and, like, puts his hand on, on Ben's face. Yeah. Right in the same spot where, like, Ray marks him up with her lightsaber, like, 15 minutes later. Um, which I just found really interesting. That, like, there's... In, like, a face wash situation? He, well, no, not quite, no. He, like, he, like, reaches up and just, just like, like, puts his hand on the side of his face, but his thumb, like, kind of hits right beside the nose right where that scar ends up and it's on the same side of the face and everything and I was just like 
that's a fun little parallel that I never noticed before. So, and then, of course, he gets his scar all stitched up, but the scar's still there. It doesn't disappear, right? It's So you can still see the scar. So, like, he's been marked. That connection to his father. That's kind of yeah. kinda fascinating. Hmm. Just like a little, little, little weird things. I'm going to cautiously say that I don't think there's that much depth. I feel like <laughs> the maybe there probably isn't. But that's how I read books, too, so what are you going to do? Yeah, that's what we do with our careers is we teach depth where maybe there isn't any. Okay, I'm going to end the live stream now. So Bye. thank you for watching. Bye-bye. Um, yeah, no, and it's funny, like, the guys that I work with were talking about it, so I'm like, yeah, it's all at eight, Marlo Brown. I was just like, I feel like that's not true. I can't fathom why they thought it was an eight. I can. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. I'll watch it eventually, but I'm not, like, overly excited about it. Yeah, I even want to see what it got a Rotten Tomatoes. I'm not going to lie, I'll probably also watch Jurassic World knowing full well it's going to be bad. I really like, um, the change in key for the score, though. Oh, yeah. That is so... Yes. Is it, uh, Michael... What's his name? G. I don't know. G. 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 Gino? Maybe. Giacono? Giacono, maybe. Giacono? I don't know. Um, it has 71%. Really? Only 71, though? <sighs> look, okay, but, okay, but look at all the Audience score is 64. Look at the other audience score movies. Like, for, for that. For the new Star Wars movies. Okay, I'm looking. Um... Yeah, I will, I will go see Jurassic Park knowing full well it's gonna be terrible. And I'll probably come out pleasantly surprised. And that was what one of the guys that works at about Solo is he went into it with zero expectations and was pleasantly surprised. And I was like, fair enough. But I also think that that skews the way that you're going to rate that. Because you should, by going in with zero expectations, it should be at like a two-point deficit already. Yes. Oh, for sure. Because but you're you're assuming it's going to be terrible. Yeah. Okay, so Solo's 71%, audience score 64 Last Jedi's 91%, audience score 46 But we know why that is. Yeah. Um, Rogue One is 85%, audience score 87. Yeah. And Force Awakens was 93%, audience score 87. Yeah. Interesting. But in turn, like, <sighs> I don't want to be too negative about it because, you know, Phil and Lord, or not Phil and Lord, Lord and those two directors who always work together were, like, fired of the way through. Right, and there was a whole bunch of shit going on. I don't, a whole I bunch of shit happened. Ron Howard came in and I think did the best he possibly could. With what he had to work with. That's what Amelia Clark said. Like, Yeah. But it just oof. Like, the lack of richness for mm -hmm. Han is remarkable. Whereas, like, Amelia Clark's character, Kira, whose name I looked up after is spelled Q-I apostrophe R-A. I know, I saw that too. Which is so fucking unnecessary. And then, obviously, the focus on Lando would have been so much more of an well, even enjoyable in, story. Even in the original ones, like, Lando's, like, a bit of an enigma, right? Yeah. And so, like, so to get more of that would be interesting. But it I, would. I and it was so, it was so funny to see Donald Glover, who is, like, truly a great actor, mm -hmm. just, like, take on this, like, posture and this body language mm -hmm. of this charismatic and enigmatic person was truly, truly wonderful. He's so good. He is. At everything. Yeah, it's bonkers. He's so, so, so good at everything. I need to redo this. This is on the Twitter. Oh, okay. So, this isn't about Solo. Oh. Yesterday, this from Sonic, 
on his retweets. It just makes me laugh. Because like Sonic the Hedgehog? No, Sonic the Radio Station. Oh. I was uh, like, I was um, Sonic's tweeting? Why am I not following that? Um, I'm going to mash that follow button real quick. Okay. Guess he's no Dr. Stranger to conflict. Bundle Snudge Camembert fought muggers off outside Sherlock Holmes' house in London. And I feel like... I read the story. I read the story, too, but I just... just Bundle Snudge Camembert? Bundle Snudge Camembert. Yeah. Bundle Snudge Camembert. Yeah. I'm just going to text that to someone randomly just so I can remember it. Bundle. Bundle snatched camembert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Camembert like the cheese. Like the cheese. I really enjoy his name because it's so ridiculous. And oh. I've seen so many variations of it. Yeah. This is probably is the most one, ridiculous one. This is one of the better ones. Um, I did see what I can't remember what, they, what they made for the last name. Um, but it was Bendy Dick something or another, and I was like, yeah, that works. Bendy Dick? Yeah. Well, that's unfortunate that Solo was kind of disappointing. It was just, like, very blah. Like, it's been a long time since I walked out of a movie theater and was like, meh. What was the last movie that you saw before that? Infinity War. Yeah, which we walked out of just being like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um. Just, like, crying. Yeah. (laughs) There was a lot going on in that movie. Yeah. Just like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck? So, I was listening to Puck Soup this past week, or last week, on the Patreon, and they did, like, the, they, they did the, the Thanos snap spoilers, uh, um, and, uh, eliminated half the NHL, mm-hmm. and it was really great. It was Ooh, I'm super fun. Listen. Yeah, it was super duper fun. And then I was, I got thinking about, like, what you could eliminate what would you eliminate half of if you could? Because they were all, obviously they were operating operating under the the assumption that you could choose what goes, right? Um, which isn't which isn't quite how it works. Quite how it works, no. Um, but so like, if there was something you could get rid of half of, yeah, by just like a snap of the fingers, what would it be? But was it on Puck Soup this week where they were talking about the flaw in that is if Thanos has all the power in the universe, why doesn't he just double the amount of resources available? Mm-hmm. I think it was on Puck Soup. Was that on Puck Soup? I think so. That's a very good question. Because, yeah, the whole premise is that he gets rid of half the people. Because he thinks there's, there's not a resource resources. shortage. But if he has the power of essentially destruction and creation. Yeah. But maybe maybe he doesn't have the power of creation. Maybe he only has the power of destruction. Which I realize. I realize. <laughs> I get it. I, I see. I understand the flaw in that as well. But I feel like that's probably the correct answer. Uh, eliminate half of all spiders. Interesting. Buckham. Um, do they have to be living objects? No. Pollution. Oh, just in the ocean. Oh, cool. There you go. Half that. Um, and I could do the other half. There you go. Done. We solved it. Um, anyone who like hunts whales and dolphins for anything other like in other than in like indigenous people's sustenance. Yeah, yeah I feel like we could just get rid Fuck of all you. those people. Uh, anyone who trophy hunters in general. Yes, trophy hunters in general. Anyone who fucking takes shark fins. The Trumps. <laughs> 
Except for Tiffany, because no one knows anything about her. <laughs> we'll keep her around. And I feel like she's suffered enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you give the same type of pass to Milano? Yeah. Interesting. I think so. And the small child, whatever his name is. God, it's an awful like name. It's an awful, pretentious name. But he's like a child. Baron. Yeah. <laughs> it's a baron. Yeah. You, you, I think you give them a pass. Oh, yes. But I think you get rid of um, Don Jr. And, and Eric and Ivanka. And Jared. And her husband, yeah. And Ted Cruz. And Marco Rubio. Brian Colangelo. <laughs> Oh, uh, let's talk about burner accounts for a bit. That's super <laughs> fun. So, okay. Oh. Okay, so if you don't pay attention to things from The Ringer, um, or, like, sports news, Brian Colangelo, who's is president, GM, I don't know, of the Sixers. He's GM. I'll go triple check. He used to be uh, with the Raptors, and then he wasn't, and now he's with the Sixers. And it's been not 100%, like, confirmed, but more or less confirmed. That Brian Colangelo has uh, some burner Twitter accounts that he has used to uh, talk shit about players. President and GM. On the Sixers. Mm -hmm. And release, like, medical information uh, through the guise of ask someone about this and see what they have to say. Um, Through anonymous Twitter accounts. Yeah, through these anonymous Twitter accounts. um, Where, like, and the ringer did some, some work to figure out the phone numbers. Yeah. Um, of the accounts. Which you don't get the whole phone number, but you can just say, well, I forgot my email. And they'll, like, send a text to that phone number, and then you can ask for it to do it. And it's, like, ending all in, ending in the same last two digits, which is, yeah. like, apparently tied to a phone number that um, Colangelo's wife has. And her phone, that phone number is, like, on a press release for some kind of charitable thing, so that's why they know that's a real they thing. They did and so much work for this. Oh. It's quite impressive. It is. And they're, and they're not going to come out and be like, wow, oh, this is a thing that we think is probably happening if they're not almost 100% sure that yeah. this is actually happening. So then it got to, on the Twitter, people were talking, because I read that and I was fascinated. And I like I tweeted it to somebody at work and I was like, we need to have this conversation. Yeah, it was really interesting. We need really to talk about this. Um, then I got talking on Twitter, like the hockey Twitter, about like who Peter Trelli's burner accounts were. And I feel like uh, Matt Henderson is a good... That's a good cover for Charlie Burner. Um, no way. Because the burner says what the person truly feels. Yes, that's true. They're not going to talk shit about Chris Russell all day. That's true. Um, I do feel like the fake weather's GM Twitter account is probably actually Peter Trelly. Like, it was Craig McTavish, and now it's just Peter Trelly. Mm. I feel like it's David Daples. It's true. Might be the closest one. Maybe Kurt Levins. Mm. I think... I think Kurt Levins is a David Staples burner account, and David Staples is a Peter Trelly <laughs> burner account. They're just an amorphous blob. Yeah. <laughs> sharing a psyche. Yeah. Um, did you see Staples' fucking tweet today about Lucic? No. Oh, was it okay. on his hockey account? Okay, you need to read it Okay, I need to read it to you because I burst out Because also, laughing. he blocked me on his non-hockey account, which is just, like, the most satisfying thing ever. Oh, I just I didn't... <laughs> Not that I can't still look at what he says because I have other Twitter accounts I could look at it from, but like I don't have to see it on my timeline when I see like this tweet is not available. I'm always just like, fucking right, it's not. Okay, this is what he said. Well, this is the title of the thing, and then there's a link to I don't know what the fuck could be written about this, but apparently an article. Uh, Milan Lucic can still help the Oilers win, but will Lucic accept a new and lesser third line role on the team? Question mark. 
and this is the problem that I laughed out loud with. And will his fiercest critics also accept what he brings? And I was like, what? What does he bring? I don't like accepting what nothing, David do? Staples. I don't accept nothing as what a contribution. Oh my god. Okay, so David Staples is positing that Lucic's role next season might be a third line role. And my, my, my counterpoint to David Staples was... It was pretty much a fucking third line role this year and most of last year too. Yeah, but also like it's your fucking job. If you're given a different role, guess what? Yeah, you, you accept just... her or you fucking move on. Yeah. What do you mean? Will he accept? Imagine how he would lit lit up the internet with such rage if he knew that one of the young kids was like, "No, I'm refusing to do this." Like if Yak, woo, didn't do a thing. Yeah. Or Connor David. Or Darnell. Yes. Oh, Darnell. 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 For sure, Darnell. Sure. Yeah. Because, like... It's such a double standard. Oh, it's a terrible double standard. Because I was just thinking about how Connor would just do the thing and, you know, whatever. He'll complain about it, but he'll do the thing. Yeah. Because Connor's David. And in that way, he suffers from, like, the Sidney Crosby thing. Where, like, they're not... Because they're so good... And they're Canadian. They're not allowed to have personality. Yes. Whereas, like, Ovechkin can, like, have some personality because he's Russian. And, like, you know, whatever. And he can make jokes about Putin calling him. And people are like, ha Is that a joke? We don't know. Yeah. Also, um, like, Ovi couldn't fucking care less. Oh, not even a little him. bit. Whereas, yeah. like, those other two have a, you know, their their role is maybe a little Ovi's bit Ovi's got, like, a hard out if he wants one. Oh, yeah. Absolutely <laughs> he does. Um, but, no, there you're right. There is such a ridiculous double standard. Yeah. Like, for... For that. Oh, yeah. Like, would Darnell Nurse accept uh, demotion to the third pair? Mm-hmm. And what if he didn't? Then what, David? Then what? I seriously, like, when you say David, I'm like, no, it's David. <laughs> and then he did this tweet from his other account. Oh, that's the, one, like, that's the one I can't dancing. see, which is amazing. He says, my teenage kids have been saying no one dances anymore at junior high school dances been hearing this for some time from my five kids what and then so when did dancing end at dances in late 70s most kids danced at school dances as i recall just wondering when and why this came to an end so how many okay he's trying to reverse footloose everyone uh in in 280 characters how many times did he use the word dance or i know dances? it's That's awful the first thing. one but two second of all, three four five six if this was a kid's introductory paragraph, I would circle each one of those and say, get a thesaurus. Yeah. Also, Although, who fucking cares? Why does this matter? Also, you have five children? So, I think that speaks to my theory mm. about educational policy. That one or more of his kids is really bad at math. And he doesn't know how to help them. Which is why he hates the math curriculum. Mmm. And, and maybe also can't write, and which is why they don't like the social studies curriculum, because they just use the same word over and over and over, and they get bad marks on there. He also said, want social justice in public education? Want kids from less privileged backgrounds to excel? This is how it happens. Not with feel-good slash poor results programs. Don't know what the fuck that is. But with hard work and smart work. And he linked to... A Jordan Peterson article, I bet. No, it says <laughs> New Zealand, and New Zealand is spelled incorrectly, born woman dubbed Britain's strictest teacher. Like Zealand, Z-E-E? Z-E-L. 
it's from the New Zealand Her- Herald, which is fucking mind-boggling. Oh. All of his opinions are bad. <laughs> <laughs> they are all bad. I think if I was going to snap my fingers and get rid of half of something, I would get rid of um, half of newspaper columnists. So that there's more work for the remaining ones. I just, like... And the half that I would get rid of would 100% include him and Levins and fucking Jim Matheson and, like, just everybody bad who writes in this town. Half of... But then just imagine... Half be... of the 200 hockey men are no longer allowed to write about oh, hockey. Oh, thank God. Just, wait, no longer allowed to write. Period. Ever. Or be on set. Or think. <laughs> or go outside. <laughs> <laughs> Deal. <laughs> or enjoy... No, don't say it. Now I feel like you have to say it. No, okay. it's, it's too much. All right, um, you can text it to me. I'll laugh about it later. Um, uh, I'll do it now because I'll forget. Okay, so okay, so I'm still thinking about like snapping my fingers and getting rid of things. So yes. let's talk about some basketball as well. So like the Brian Colangelo thing was nuts. Like that's fucking crazy. That story is insane. Like, can you imagine, like, a boss of a company? And, I mean, you can't pretend, and I've listened to it on, on a number of podcasts, and, um, I've listened to it on a number of podcasts and whatever, uh, and some news stuff talking about, like, there, it's, it's naive to think that, that team executives don't have a presence on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true. Like, they, they are gonna have secret accounts. But, but lots of, but lots of those accounts aren't, they're not engaging, though. That's the difference, is they're not, like... They're not out there. They're watching. They're just watching. And I think that there's... I don't think that that's unreasonable to expect, and I don't think that that's an unreasonable thing necessarily to do. Because I think that you're just... You're just observing. You're looking at interactions. You are looking at what people are saying. You know? Mm -hmm. You're taking the the, the temperature of your fan base and all that kind of stuff um, in a different forum. Because it's not... It's not all fans that are involved in that forum. And so you're looking... And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Okay. I can... I disagree with it, but I can, I can see. Or it's like I, can, I disagree with the need to, like of all the people, yes. to fucking get an opinion from. But I, I also think that lots of those team executives maybe aren't the ones who uh, like they have the accounts, sure, and they like know what's in them. But it, there might be a person doing the looking for right. them as well. Like this is what people are saying. Yeah, just by the way. Yes. They're curious to know, Peter. How come you haven't given a press conference since November? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't think anyone in the looks or cares. No, but we you know, know their PR person doesn't really do PR. No, he doesn't at all. No. Um, it's public relations and like how can we get the public not to relate? Yes. Is essentially what he does. <laughs> how can we avoid relating? Um, to but like so I don't think that's necessarily an unreasonable thing because I think also I think that like I think the bosses of regular companies do the same thing. And if you look at it from a business perspective, hmm. I don't necessarily disagree with the idea of having like an account where you don't maybe you're not maybe all that active and you're just kind of watching stuff. And every once in a while, like you retweet things and maybe tweet a couple things out just to like kind of keep make it look like you're not just squatting ultimately, right? Yeah. But the idea that a team executive has five burner accounts talking shit about their players, their own like other players, whatever, but their own players, yes, and like the negatively, yes. What is your end game? Like, that is insane. Like, that is, we love petty around here in the dumpster. But this is petty to a way that is not productive. No. 
is that helping? If you're saying negative stuff about someone that you clearly want to get rid of, guess what? Just get rid of them. Well, A, get rid of them, but B, that might hurt your ability to get rid of them. Yeah. What the fuck, dude? Yeah. Or, like, do like they do in Edmonton and just leave it to the media. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and let the media, like, <laughs> run the guy out of town. Um, but, yeah, like, I just, the, the audacity of that. And I remember, like, the outrage that people sort of reacted to when they found out that, that Kevin Durant had that, like, burner account. That he, but it was, like, all just for himself. Like, he, he wasn't, it had nothing to do with anyone else. And people were like, wow, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And then people were, like, willing to give Colangelo a pass for, like, People are willing to give him a pants? In a lot of cases, yeah, they're like, oh, it's probably not there. And I'm just like, no, that's not how you do things. And so my favorite part about it was watching um, Joel Embiid that night, just like the things he was tweeting. Oh, it was just incredible. Yeah. So, so, so good. Yeah. But like, yeah, like nuts. And so I think I was on Puck Soup yesterday, they were talking about what Gary Batman's burner account would be. Mm -hmm. It was also pretty funny. Like, they do some good shit on that show. I like the content like of, <laughs> of Batman's burner account and what that would be, and I don't even know what it would be. Oh. Um, but they were also doing it at like the Doc Emmerich place, so it was yeah. Funny. I'm also having trouble like not saying anything, so I'm just gonna. Um, but I would like to talk about the basketball. Let's talk about Jared Smith for a minute. Sure. What did he do? Did he know that the score was tied? No. Okay. He 100 did not. He legitimately thought they were ahead. Yes. And you're just going to dribble that ball out. Which you would do if you were ahead. Sure. That makes great sense. I think out of that, we've gotten one of the best photo memes of all time. Oh, it's so good. And then there's so many applications of it. Yeah. Yeah, you sent me one this morning. That was really funny. Yeah, it's just really relevant to our jobs. Which we haven't fucking ranted about about yet. We'll get there. We'll get there in a minute. I I saw one that was um, Aaron Rodgers' face on LeBron's body with Brandon Bostic. Uh, where Jared Smith is, and Bostic's the guy who, like, went up to catch the onside kick, and then it fell out of his hands, and then Seattle recovered it, um, because he had touched it, and anyway, then they lost the game, and Seattle went to the Super Bowl, and it made me very sad. Oh, perfect. So, this is my blank face. I so Aaron Rodgers had this, like, angry, like, the one time there's a picture of him with an, a real angry face, he's got, like, the angry face looking over at, at Bostic, and Bostic's just like, mm. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, but I watched that basketball game. That was the first full NBA basketball game I've watched in, like, 15 years, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and I super enjoyed it. Yeah, that's the thing about this matchup, is it is super, super high-quality teams on both sides of it. So it's not going to be, like, a lopsided finals No, that has happened before. But for me, I was also hoping that Houston could make it through just so that there was something different and, like, different yeah. narratives. But... I don't know, I didn't get a chance to watch it. Is the next game tonight? I think so. Okay, yeah, I'll probably watch tonight. Um, when the Warriors scored, in, I think they went on a 9-0 run at the beginning of overtime, I was like, oh yeah, they're going to win. Mm-hmm. If they hadn't, uh, if they've only gone like maybe on like a, a four-point run or whatever, mm-hmm. I, it would have been very different. But with that nine-point run, I was like, no, I don't think, I don't think they're going to pull it out. Um, but what's really interesting to me is just, like, the personalities involved in basketball are just so big and out there and mm-hmm. allowed to be, and I love it. Yeah. Like, there's something about that. They don't have that that fear of players or teams being like, mm-hmm. look at me. Yeah. Look what we can do. I'm like, man, LeBron James is fucking out of control. Dude are you is- talking about his short suit? That was, like- And his fucking briefcase? That was amazing. Amazing. Gorgeous. Weird one critique. Shit. One critique. The socks. The socks. Too much. Too much with the socks. They, need they should have went with the low socks. Yes. 
Yes. Like you smell us. Then the the socks are too much. Socks are too much. Dude, sorry, you have to wear the socks with your suits. Like done. Um. Well, yeah, because their pants are never long enough, so if they like cross their legs, then you can't because you don't want to see the leg. That's the whole point. That's why they wear. You don't want to see the leg. No, that's why they wear the long socks. But they, he should have went with actually a no sock look. Yeah, he should. Like a nice yacht shoe. Some boat shoes. Yes. Some like white boy boat shoes. No, I feel like that would have been. I feel like I feel like that would have actually made it more possible to ridicule that because everything about that outfit was like a hundred percent on point. Was he wearing a hat? No, I don't think so. Do you know how much that thing costs? That outfit costs. I saw it on Twitter. Take a guess at how much money that ensemble costs. Ten grand. Oh, just not even close. More. Forty six thousand dollars. Oh, I bet it's the bag though. I bet it's the bag. Forty six thousand dollars. It's gotta be the bag. Unbelievable. I think I saw it on Instagram. Um, gotta be the bag. It, yeah, it's unbelievable how much that cost. Um, let's look. At Anyway, yeah, that just was, like, I like that part of the NBA. I think that's super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the bag, 41 grand. Yeah. So, sunglasses, hang on here. Sunglasses, 500 bucks. Earphones, 200 bucks. The jacket, uh, 2,600. The tie, the shirt, I can't tell what that's pointing at. 330. The shorts, $940. The socks, the socks $10. were 90 bucks. The shoes <laughs> were $1,300. And the bag was $41,000. Yeah. Knew it was the bag. Knew it was the bag. What brand was the bag? I'm not sure. Oh. Um, and then they didn't even add up the watch. They didn't even add his watch in there because that's like just his watch. Yeah, that's going to be. So that's I That's going to be extra too. Fuck. Probably maybe even five grand for the watch depending on what it looks like and how big it is. Um, Unbelievable. Fucking love it. Go LeBron. Yes. So I learned on Thursday, was that when the game was Thursday? Yes. I learned that I would like the Cavs to win, is what I learned. My husband will, will thank you. I didn't really know. I didn't think I cared. Mm. But then I realized that Why? I... Well, because Draymond Green is, is the, worst. the NBA's Corey Perry. Okay. Yes. If he's on your team, I think you love him. Yes. And if he's not on your team, I think you want him to get hit by a bus. Correct. Or punched in the balls. Correct. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. Two-handed across the face. I don't know. Um, I think that's what you want to have happen. Clay Thompson, I texted you and you never texted me back and I was really disappointed. Oh. Clay Thompson's facial hair, in and of itself, is awful. Needs to go away. Yeah. And I don't like, there's something about him that I just don't like. Oh, it is an affront. Yeah, it is an affront to everything. <laughs> I, I didn't even, I didn't even goatee, finish. Right? It's a goatee, right? But it's so gross. You know what I feel about goatee. They're the face pubic hair. Um, but it is an affront to everything. It, it, and you know how I feel about facial hair in general. Yes. This is, this might be the first time in my life I've ever been like, I feel like your face would look better without a beard. His would, yeah. So, but yeah. But so, that's because he has enough of cheekbones and jaw. Yeah. And he has a very, like, prominent forehead and yeah. eyebrows. Just like. Yeah, it's, it's mostly balanced. Yeah. A beard is nice for a weak chin. Yeah. As we know. But like, true. <sighs> that whole, it's, but yes. yeah, I, I feel like I, I didn't realize that I wanted the Cavs to win. I didn't think I actually had any kind of investment. Mm-hmm. But then I discovered that, yeah, Draymond is like the Corey Perry of, or like the Brad Marchand of. I love this. So let's keep doing this. Okay. For, let's just pick like the big ones and let's find their hockey equivalents. Okay. So who is the Steph Curry? Who is the, uh, Patrice Bergeron. I was gonna say Connor. 
Really? Yeah. I was gonna. Okay, I, okay never mind. I'll get to something in a second. <laughs> I just had something else terrible. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, no, I think I no. I would say I would say no. The reason I would say Caprice Bergeron um, is because Caprice Bergeron is a very very good hockey player, and a lot of what he does is like kind of sneaky and underrated. Like when Steph drops a three from like thirty five feet, everybody notices. Right. But there's a lot of stuff that he does mm-hmm. that people don't really notice. It's kind of like Steve Nash in that way, where like right. so much of the work that he does is understated. Is understated, and which is why I would say Patrice Bergeron. But still incredibly. Effective. But still incredibly, yeah, absolutely effective. Okay. Um, who is Kevin Durant? Who is Kevin Durant? Um, I'm trying to think of who would have a burner Twitter account of themselves in the NHL. Um, so I don't know. Mm. Who's also good? Because, like, Paul Bizonette would have a burner Twitter account for himself, but he's not good. I don't think he needs it. That's true. He's willing to just fucking go toe-to-toe with anybody. He's got nothing to hide behind. No, that's true. He's, Um, like, the most aware. Yeah. Of strengths and weaknesses. (laughs) He is, which is great. Of himself, which is Um, It's very refreshing. Fuck. I don't know. Who do you think? Who's someone who's criticized for chasing cups? It was Marion Hosa, but then he won a cup, so it didn't matter. Right. Um, he just had the worst luck, too. Like, he'd jump a team, and then they'd win it I once know, he left. I know. <laughs> I know, because he was in Pittsburgh when the Red Wings yeah. beat them, and then he was in Detroit the year after when and the Penguins beat Chicago. them, and then he went to Chicago. And yeah. Um, uh, see, yeah, it's different, though. Like, guys don't sign, like, they don't sign, like, one-year deals somewhere, or they should. Um, I don't know. Let me think on that for a minute. Did we talk about Clay? No. This is so hard. It is tough. Damn, this is hard. Because would you like to know who the LeBron James of the NHL is? Would you like to know? Yeah, please. Taylor Hall. <gasps> this season alone. <sighs> I haven't heard that name in so long. <laughs> well, and, and I mean, I wouldn't say like on a career basis. Pro- no, that's not. This year, doing this year. Doing, doing, everything. doing everything with nothing, I would say Taylor Hall. Yeah. Very fascinating. Um, Clay Thompson, who's got bad facial hair, but is still very good at their job. Brad Burns. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Draymond Green, we already talked yeah. about. He's, yeah, he's like the Corey Perry, Brad Marchand yeah. kind of guy. That, or Ryan Kessler. Like someone, and like if, like if Draymond Green were to cry, it would be so satisfied. Like the Patrick Kane crying thing. Yeah. I've seen Corey Perry cry. I have too. It didn't give me the same satisfaction as it did with mm. Sad Pack King. You were more just like, oh, really? You're capable of that? Just, yeah. Hmm. Uh, Andre Gudella. I really like AI. I think he's a good dude. And he's. Oh, he's injured. Yeah, yeah he's injured. I didn't know he was injured. Um, Lots of good of I'm not sure. Well,. I think he's overpaid. He gets paid $11 million a year. Feels good, but overpaid. Um, he'll be the John Tavares when Tavares gets his like, big contract. Mm. Interesting. Tavares is good, but I don't think he's quite as good as people might want him to be. Wow, hot take. Do you think KD is like the Stamkos? <sighs> Except the Stamkos has never left. Right? True. He shoulda. He shoulda. Just kidding. No, he's fine. 
If he had, then yes. Then yes. Um, maybe like, cause see all the I'm t- like all the players I'm thinking of who like left, they've all been traded. It's not like they necessarily wanted to go, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and you can't really say that Katie is like Patrick Marlowe. Because, like, he just finally, after 17 years with the same team, he's like, I'm going to see if I can maybe win a cup somewhere else. Right. But he... And he's also, like, the internet's dad. Yes. <laughs> KD's not that. No. Okay, so maybe <laughs> who's someone who, you know, unwillingly or surprisingly became a villain? Ah, ooh, that's a good question. Um... I'm thinking of the people who are like legit villains in hockey and they've all done it to themselves so whatever um I think for a time but it, he's like he's not helping his case I think for a time it was Roberto Luongo had that had oh, that interesting. reputation interesting. I don't think it's like that anymore now that he's got that Twitter persona that like everybody loves and yeah I think it's it's changed a bit um but I think for a time he was sort of perceived in that light mm-hmm. um would you like to know who's unwillingly became a villain and ha- isn't helping his case because of his play on the ice? Mm. Oh, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, come on. This works. This absolutely yeah, works. I think so it, you're it saying works. LeBron James is the Taylor Hall? Yeah. Okay. Uh, who is J.R.? Fucks up <laughs> all the time. Well, like, I mean, J.R. Smith, just like, he, he was just Patrick Stefan in that moment. Yeah. Because um, wasn't it J.R. that was also like, Shaking hands with somebody, or whatever, like on, while he was also on the court, and then like things were happening behind him, and he's like, "Oh shit, I have to play basketball now." Wasn't that yeah. also him? Yeah. Okay. Um, I feel like that's maybe just somebody who's just a little bit dumb. Uh, Dustin Brown. I like that. Drew Doughty. No, Doughty's, no, Doughty's, Doughty's better than that. Dustin, yeah, Dustin Brown. Because I think it's Brown with the water bottle. The potato. <laughs> yeah. I think that was uh, the potato. Okay. Uh, Kevin Love. <sighs> Remind me again what Kevin Love's role is. He's a power forward. Okay. He, to me, is like a Patrick Sharp. Okay. Hot sometimes, and I mean in his play. <laughs> Not hot other times. Like, inconsistent. Okay. Okay. But Patrick Sharp doesn't play anymore, does he? No, he retired this year. Well, that fucking sucks. Yeah. Uh, Tristan Thompson. Uh, who's gonna do something dumb to get himself kicked out of a game with 14 seconds left is the question. Because mm. that's what he did um, in game one. Um, also, it was a very poorly refed game. I don't know if you read any of it. It was really No, I had some managed. students talking to me about it, but they're like extremely pro-Cavaliers to the point that they're very biased. And I was like, Alex, Really? You're going to say that? You're going to say that? For someone who's not really invested and doesn't know a lot about basketball, I was like, I feel like this officiating is as bad as the NHL's, if not worse. Wow. It was pretty bad. Um, uh, who around Tristan Thompson? Who's going to, yeah, like, who's going to do something really fucking stupid and get, Zach Cassian. Somebody, mm-hmm. like, maybe not Cassian, but someone like that. Like, a role, an Andrew Shaw, or, like, someone like that Cassian on a team who will play reasonably well mm-hmm. fill the role that he needs to fill and then uh, do something do some really fucking dumb at yeah. the end for some reason miles wood was doing that at the end of the season really too, which was really annoying uh and then kyle korver 
on Google, his spouse is just Juliet. That's it. <laughs> just, and it's got a link to a person who's just Juliet. All the other ones have like first name, last name. That was fucking weird. How Corver, huh? They were talking about how he hadn't done very much in game one. Well, he's the NBA version of Ashton Kutcher. So is there an NHL version of Ashton bastardi- bastardization of Ashton Kutcher? Or maybe it's Miles Wood. It's someone who looks like an actor. Someone who's like just dumb and pretty. Miles <laughs> Wood. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I could go with that. You could go with that. I could go with Miles Wood. Yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> Jess, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we need a lot. Oh my God, she's a singer. Juliet Richardson is an American singer known as Juliet. Oh, that's why. <gasps> she's thirty-eight. Kyle, how old are you? Oh, he's thirty-seven. <laughs> oh, his family, all their names start with K. Oh, that's Ugh. the worst. Kirk, Clayton, and Caleb. Ugh. And Kyle. Corver. Mama, Papa, Corver. What you do? What you do and why? <laughs> um, yeah, okay. I think that's all the basketball that's I That's what we've about. done. Oh my god, his dad's name is Kevin. Ugh. What's his mom's name? Lane, L-A-I-N-E. Interesting. Okay, let's talk about work. <laughs> and you want to? I'm, I do want to. I'm I ready just, just to this close so, the door. We well, I am too. But oh god, there's still two more weeks of like teaching before the diplomas. I just want to like murder everybody. Well, don't say that, Megan. Um, that's clearly hyperbole. I'll snap my fingers. <sighs> Half my kids. It's so... This time of year is so frustrating. It, and this year I feel like it's worse. It's been compounded by like the shitty weather that we had where we had like the longest winter ever. Yeah. Followed by no spring. So it was just like cold and then all of a sudden it was like 29 degrees. And the kids like... Anyway. As that's soon as it gets tough. hot, they just check out. Yeah. And that's been really hard. Yeah. So in the mornings... And in the afternoons. I don't know why I started with in the morning. All day long, I teach classes of kids that aren't, like, academic classes. So, like, they can't use these classes to go to university. They have to, like, upgrade. They're all day. That's all I got. That's all I got. Yeah. All day long. Yeah. Even the social class that isn't technically should be. So, all day long. It's just this. And I'm at the point now where I just, like, I just want them to come to class. Just show up with a pencil and I will, like... Yeah. I will write the words down for you. Just like, just be there, please and thank you. Mm-hmm. So, I was going to tell you this before we started recording. I was like, no, I'm going to hold on to this one. So we read the Shawshank Redemption, Rita Hurwitz and Shawshank Redemption, um, in my grade 12 class, both of them. And I have the audiobook so they can follow along. Also, it means that I don't have to read it out loud. It also means that if they don't read it on the paper, which lots of them don't, they we still, still hear absorb. it. Whatever. Yes. So we watched it. And then we also watched the film as a comparison. We read it, rather, and watched the film as a comparison. And I had them do some, like, novel study work with it. Some journal responses and looking for some, like, literary signposts and a little creative piece. And not complicated, but kind of like that stuff we did at that other school when we yes. were, like, building those novels. The same kind of ideas, right? I changed the language on some of the journal entry questions to make them a little bit more manageable for these kids. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I also had two quizzes built in. So the whole unit was out of 120. Mm-hmm. And I did that on purpose, so I didn't have a bunch of zeros. Mm-hmm. 
Because I don't want to deal with those things. So if you can only do one thing that's five marks and you get three out of it, and that's the only thing you do, you get three out of 120, and I don't care anymore because it's not a zoo. Because that's what you've submitted of the total thing. Yes. So, anyway. So I was gone for those two days before the, our extra long weekend. And on the Wednesday and Thursday, my kids were supposed to, they were writing an essay, and then they had a test, a 40-question test, which didn't take very long. So then they had time on that, that Thursday to, like, finish up their missing stuff. I told them to hand it all in on Thursday. I was like, because I know you, and you know you, and you're not going to do it over the long weekend. Because mm-hmm. they're not. No. Neither would I. No. And so I was like, just hand it in and get it done. Yeah. So on the Monday, or Tuesday, or Wednesday, whatever fucking day it was. Wednesday, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because there yes, was a long so weekend. So I had all this stuff, and I was like, I made lists of the kids who hadn't written the essays and kids who hadn't. Um, Maxdomia is dead to me. Uh. No. Oh, I almost muted it, but I was like, it's still muted! That would make me hear his voice, but I don't want to. Um, so I made lists of the kids who hadn't written the exams and hadn't uh, written the essays and were missing stuff. And then I took all of their assignments home on the weekends. Because mm-hmm. I had other things to get caught up on on the Wednesday, Thursday. So I took all their stuff home on the weekend. And I marked everything that I had for all these little, like, novel study tasks. And then I had a spreadsheet mm-hmm. of all the missing stuff. And the holy shit was there a lot of stuff missing. Mm-hmm. So instead of like moving on on the Monday doing something different, Monday, Tuesday, I was like, we're going to have work days. We're going to get all, as much of this stuff done as possible. And I'll mark what you hand in. Because like, some of you are literally going to get like two out of 120. Mm-hmm. And that's not good. So I'm going to give you a chance here to like at least get yourself close to 50%. And like take that chance. Yeah. And use your time. Mm-hmm. And most of them did. And that's great. So then on Thursday... So, like, two days ago Thursday, after they'd handed all their stuff in and I marked it all because they had to post marks on Thursday, I stayed after school for, like, an hour and a half, and I sorted out all of their stuff by kid. I have 37 desks in my classroom. I had two kids' assignments per desk. It was the process. Mm-hmm. I have writing folders for all the kids. I put their stuff in their folders, whatever. Handed it all back on Friday. And can you guess what percentage of that stuff Ended up in the recycle bin. <gasps> on Friday. Oh god, at least 80. Probably 70. Damn it. I was so goddamn mad as I was watching them just dump their writing folders into the recycle bin and put the folders back on the shelf. I was just like, you motherfuckers. I worked so fucking hard on this. Mm-hmm. Like, how dare you? Yeah, How like, at you? the very least, take the folder out of the classroom and dump it in the garbage can outside yeah. my room. Or just leave it. I could have dumped it out at the end of June. Sure. If you didn't want to take it home, that's fine. But don't pretend that you wanted it and then just dump it in the recycle. Mm-hmm. I was so mad. Yeah, but that that's was so rude. And so I will yell at them on Monday about it. Mm-hmm. Just because it was right at the end of class. I was so angry. Well, so that was an hour and a half of my life that I clearly didn't need to spend. Which makes me wonder, why do I bother handing stuff back at all. I know, they don't care. They don't care about it. All they want is the number, and then they get angry about the number. And this is what drives me crazy about English, is because all the marking that we do is also instructing. Yes. You are instructing them inside their piece of writing how to improve that writing. And yet they look at the number and then ignore everything else. And it drives me crazy! Well, and so, we've had this conversation at, um, we've had this conversation at work about, you know, 
feedback and, and whatever and what kind of feedback to give. We had a meeting on Thursday after school and I was like, I try not to give marks on the stuff that, on the writing that I give back. I just give written feedback and I like record a mark for myself. Mm-hmm. And one of the teachers that I work with, she's like, well, how do the kids know how they did? I'm like, well, they're not dumb enough to not know that if there's a whole bunch of stuff to improve on, mm-hmm. that it's probably no better than a 60. They're not that stupid. And I was like, and if they want to know what the mark is, I will tell them, mm-hmm. but I don't put it on there. They have to come and see me mm-hmm. because then at the very least, I'm not wasting my time writing comments all over a piece that they're never going to look at. Right. If they read it over and then they want to know the mark, they can come and find out. And if they don't want to know the mark, which lots of them don't, I just put it in the computer. Mm-hmm. But I give them that opportunity. And she's like, wow. When I was in school, and in my head, I was like, yeah, like 900 years ago. But also, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. It doesn't matter. So like, when I was in school, this is what we, And I was like, yeah, and when I was in school, we got our marks back, too. But I don't care. Mm-hmm. Because this is not working anymore. No. This this method of feedback is not working. Mm-mm. So we've got we got talking about um, outcome based assessment at this meeting. Yes, that's what we need to do. So for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, sorry about the shop talk. Um, English language arts, actually all curriculum, but like English language arts curriculum in Alberta has five general outcomes. Five? Yeah, five. Yes. There's six language arts and there's five general outcomes, and most of what we do are the two uh, language Writing arts. Ones. Reading and writing. Yeah. That's it. We don't really spend a lot of time on the speaking and representing and viewing and listening. No, as not much. Um, as we should, anyway. Well, not necessarily in terms of products. No. We spend a lot of time on it, but when it comes down to it at the end of grade 12, they write an exam that is based on reading right. and writing. Yeah. Um, and so we end up having, <laughs> um, I would say, probably unbalanced marks books at the end of a course. Because we spend an inordinate amount of time on those two things because that's what the exam is on. Yes. And it's, I don't think that's necessarily a fair representation of what kids are capable of. Anyway, no. there's also five general outcomes in these language arts curriculum. And they go from kindergarten all the way through to grade 12. Mm-hmm. So it's the same general outcomes. And as you go through these courses, they get more, more complex and more specific. And, and the specific outcomes do change as you go through the program. So we've been talking about... My, my department head and I, anyway, and a couple other teachers uh, who I teach with have been talking about outcome-based assessment as maybe, like, the, the way to go. Mm-hmm. Because then what you're doing is you're looking at mastery of a skill rather than content, necessarily. Yes, and that's what's driving me crazy, because we spend so much time studying texts that we don't actually do the outcomes. Like, no. we don't teach the skills that the outcomes reach, because we're trying to use the text to measure the skill rather than, like, using the skill to measure the text. You know what right. I mean? Right. And if we did outcome-based assessment, um, we would do less marking. Yes, we 100% would. Because we would be breaking down all of those general outcomes into their specific outcomes and doing targeted assessment for those specific outcomes. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of a text study, that critical piece of writing is just a mark. Because like you've outcome done number four. And yeah. you've done all of the work to get yeah. to that point. And if a kid demonstrates mastery of that outcome in October, they don't really need to do it again. No. Not at all. And that's part of the, that was one of the, the things that well, I noticed in our meeting, is I have a couple of colleagues who, as we were discussing these things, that like, you don't have to spend three months on a novel study, Mm-mm. because that's not really a good use of time, and here's why it's not a good use of time. Um, they were like, well, what would we do instead? Like, I don't know, teach them something. 
instead of have them read the book, the novel to themselves and answer chapter questions and write tests on it. Yeah, 100%. Teach them how to do something. Yes. So one of the things that we were talking about was in our personal response to text mm-hmm. is how to get kids to do a personal essay and how to do a critical and how to do a short story or a yep. creative piece. And one of the things that someone's created is like this idea where they uh, have details for a story and they have to tell the story in three different ways. Very cool. And so then what you're getting is is kids thinking about, are we looking at character? Yes. yes. Are we telling a story through setting? We're telling a story through plot. We're telling it through character. Mm-hmm. So you have different modes of, of storytelling for these for these different things. But it was really interesting seeing in that. And, I, and I've all, always known since I started at this school that there's a, a gap in between myself and, and some other people. Other. And, but there always is. And there, there's always going to be. Um, and I, I don't want to be full-time teaching in English. For that reason. For that reason. Yes. Um, because I, I feel like I would lose my mind. Um, but it's just, it was just a really interesting thing. And so, like, that sort of capped off, like, just a super frustrating week. Because, because, let's talk classroom routines for a minute. Oh. So let's, talk about, let's talk about classroom routines. So when your kids had in an assignment, oh. how does that go? What does that look like in your classroom? Um, hard copy, they pick up the rubric if they don't already have it, staple it, make sure it's done, got their name on it, and put it on their desk. And it's always the same? Yeah. And you always have extra copies of the rubric for the kids that might not have it? Yes. Always, right? And they always put it in the same spot? Yes. So on Wednesday, mm-hmm. my social studies class did some writing. And I only have 30 kids in that class, and there are only 27 of them there. Only? Only. But I, there were only 27 of them there. And I must have said, staple your rubric to your writing and put it in the blue folder a mm-hmm. hundred times. I, I don't, and it's the same. I have a table at the front of the room. It's either a desk or like a bigger table, whatever. And yep. that's always where their stuff goes. That's where it gets handed in. Mm-hmm. And each class is color coded. And I do that on purpose. Just put it in the blue folder. Yep. Like how fucking hard is that? <laughs> You've been in my class since goddamn September. How hard is it to know that every fucking time you hand something in, you put it in the fucking blue folder? Yeah. And if you're in my period three class, it's a red folder. And if you're in period two, it's green. And if you're in period one, it's purple. And I do that on purpose for myself. But also for them. But also for them. Because so it then goes in the right spot. I even have like those like magazine holders that are color-coded. Yes. Not just labels, but like actual colored ones that I spent actual money of my own on mm-hmm. to like make it even easier. And they're like, oh, where do I get this from? And I was like, I don't know. What color is the folder you hand stuff into? They're like, what folder? And I'm always just like, ah! But the best part of this week. Oh. Are you ready for this one? So the school that I work in is older, which means that electrical outlets are hard to come by mm-hmm. in most classrooms, except for like computer labs and stuff. So in my classroom, I have four outlets, four outlets, three outlets, two one, the two of the fronts where like my computer's plugged into and whatever, and my smart board and um, my pencil sharpener, mm-hmm. which is key to this story. And then one at the back of the room. Um, where I have the Chromebook part plugged into, mm. and then kids use the open outlet sometimes to charge their phones or whatever. So that's that's that. It was May the 29th, and I've had these kids since the beginning of February. Mm-hmm. And I had like four or five kids ask me, Where's the pencil sharpener? 
and I was like, you mean the pencil sharpener that's been in the same spot since February? The pencil sharpener that I cannot move because I don't have any other outlets? The one that's electric and is loud as fuck? The one that you see people use every day even while I'm talking? <laughs> yes. That pencil sharpener? The worst. And then one of my kids had the audacity to say, Miss, can't you just tell me where the pencil sharpener is? And I was like, you are in grade 12, you are 18 years old, I'm gonna let you figure that one out for yourself. <laughs> oh, God. And then one of the other kids is like, idiot is right in front of you. And he's like, where? And he's like, the black thing. Because it's not a pencil sharpener, it's like not horizontal, it's vertical, so the hole's on the top. Mm -hmm. I don't understand. I don't. But also, it makes a fuckload of noise. But also, do you know what I keep beside it? Pencils. Pencils. <laughs> Said that so gently. Pencils. <laughs> pencils and pens, but mostly just pencils. In a container right beside the pencil. That you also there. bought with your own money. That I also bought with my own money. That you probably refilled, what, three times now? Four? The pencils? Yeah. Three or four. Yeah. Pens, 700. Yes, 100%. A kid brought me back a dozen pens yesterday, and he's like, these are all yours. And I was like, oh, oh thank you for bringing them back. Hero. Because I didn't have any more. Yeah. I've given away, like, 400 pens this year. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't have any more pens, guys, sorry. And then this kid's like, okay, let me go to my locker and see if I have one. And then he came back with a handful, and they were all mine. <laughs> And I was like, aw, thanks. And he's like, I'm sorry. And then later <laughs> in the day, he came in. He's like, can I borrow a pen? No, just keep it, whatever. Um, but yeah, the pencil sharpener one, I think, might have been the tipping point for me. Yes. Where I was just like, I, d I was like, I don't, I don't even know what to say to you. Can I tell you my tipping point? I would love to hear it. Uh, I teach this class in block four and I've taught taught some tough classes especially at our old school mm -hmm. and this one is my least favorite group of people ever okay and it is hard-pressed for me to say that because I can usually find a nugget of somebody mm -hmm. that I like and can talk to them and be enthusiastic about even though, as I tell my kids, the last thing that I want to be and attempt to be at the end of the day as an extrovert, mm -hmm. but I will do my damnedest. This group of kids, I swear to God, is going to be the death of me. I, at the start of the year, an AP came up to me and said, um, have you noticed anything, like, like, just off about your block four class? And I was like, not really it was like end of february so it was like still honeymoon period and she was like well there's just been like there's just been some some chatter that we're kind of picking up about stuff that's happening mm -hmm. i was like stuff that's happening like at that time they were my favorite group because they asked questions and they like wrote they sucked at writing but they wrote mm -hmm. and they were trying things and they were um being pretty engaged in the stories and i was just like oh okay that's really surprising to me and then I, I discovered <laughs> the truth of that question on whatever that day it was. I don't know. Who the fuck cares? Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it was. A kid has to go to the bathroom. He comes back in. Instead of going to his desk, he goes to stand by another girl at the front of the room. And uh, he slips her this square, rectangular thing. I don't know, an inch wide, two inches long, and it's bright blue. 
And it's one of those things where you know that they're trying to hide it from you. Yes. Because he just dropped it into her hand and then her hand went away. Okay. So there's some subversive activity that's incredibly obvious. Yeah. You can tell when someone's trying to be sneaky. Oh, yeah. Because they're trying to be sneaky. Yeah. If they like, acted natural, wouldn't have noticed at all. Yeah. And I was like, no, this this doesn't feel right to me whatsoever. Um, because I asked him to take a seat and he told me to hold on. And I was like, no, you're going to take your seat now. <laughs> he went and sat down and I sent an email to the specific AP who asked me about the funny stuff. Because I was like, this, <laughs> this is something that they're not supposed to have and yes. they know it. Yes. And he maybe just got it from someone and is now giving it to her because he clearly didn't just go to the bathroom. Right. Something's going on here. And so I called the AP up and I told her what's up. And she's like, ah, oh, shit. You should have just like called. Well, not, this isn't what she said, but this is what I perceived. Because mm-hmm. that I should have just pulled them out yeah. and demanded an answer. Because like she said, we're out of the classroom right now. The likelihood that they're send, giving it to someone else is like mm-hmm. 100%. Right. So we pulled the girl out. And um, she was like, what did, what did he give you? And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, it's this big. It's bright blue. I said, I'm going to give it to you. And yeah. he hit it. And we just want to know what it is. She's like, I don't have it. <laughs> and the AP was like, go get your backpack. <laughs> Actually, the AP got her backpack, brought it back out. And she's like, oh, it's in this pocket. And the AP just like opens the pocket, pulling stuff out. And she <laughs> she's like, oh, it's this. And <laughs> it's a phone charger. It's like, no, that's not what it was. What is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was like, she was just crumbling under the pressure. She's like, I'm really anxious right now. And you're like, well, you should be. Because <laughs> like, yeah, you clearly did something bad. So You yeah. did something bad. Yeah. And she's like, well, it's a vape. Okay. It was a jewel vape. <sighs> and she's like, it's not mine and it's not his. It's for someone else. We're like, it doesn't matter. Where is it? She's like, well, I don't have it anymore. Where is it? I don't want to say. Okay, you were, we're going to go down the office. Yeah. Um, but you should know that obviously this is not something that should be happening. So why did he give it to you? And she was like, well, uh, I was going to use my charger to charge it. And I was like, immediately like bullshit. She mm-hmm. sits two seats back from the front door. Mm-hmm. There's no charger there. Okay. So I don't think so, girl. I don't know. She wouldn't narc on who it belonged to, of course. Of course not. And then the AP took her and the other kid away. And then I was so angry about it. And I couldn't figure out why. And then I realized, because I had to go to the gym that day, because I was just like, I've got to fucking, like, i got to run some shit out right now. i got to deal with this rage that is simmering inside my bones. Yeah. Yes. And at the end of the day, I was just like, you know what it is? It's a how dare you. How dare you in my space do this shit when it is block four. Mm -hmm. You are leaving my room in 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And you had to do this now. You had to create this fiasco. Right now. In my class. Right now. And make this situation and everybody knew something was fucking going on because all of a sudden I was not in the room all of a sudden another kid wasn't in the room and then asshole who gave it to her 
comes back in and one of the windows opens, so it slammed the door shut. Yeah. And he just, like, walked triumphantly back to his desk because he wasn't in trouble. He's just like, I need you to get out of my goddamn face. Mm-hmm. Like, Argh! And I hate that about our jobs. Yeah. Well, I told you last week, I had a kid um, tell me that I didn't let him go to the washroom. Yes. Because of the color of his skin. <laughs> and I was like, in my head, I was like, you fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. Didn't say it out loud, though. Good thing. Um, I just took him outside into the hallway and then opened the door of the teacher across the hall so he could also hear me yelling, just in just case. Just in case. Uh, and then proceeded to tell this kid why he was wrong. Um, the reason that I didn't let him go to the washroom is because somebody had left my classroom with the hall pass. Mm-hmm. And I only have one. And that was the reason. It had nothing to do with anything else. I was like, there's only one person allowed out at a time. And someone's already gone. So, no, you can't go to the washroom. And he's like, oh, it's because I'm blank, isn't it? I'm like, mm, no, get out of my class. Like, what? I, if some, one of my kids said that to me, I would literally A, laugh in their face. Because what? And then B, just be like, well, I guess you're not going to the bathroom today then. If that's what you think it is. I did yesterday. Like, how? Oh. One of my kids yesterday, I, and I, it's funny for me being annoyed at this, because, like, if any of my friends from high school ever listened to this, they would laugh at this, because in uh, Social 30, I was doing, like, the IB stuff, and so we had class every day, because we had a double, anyway, whatever, it doesn't matter. And, um... I would go to the bathroom. We started at 8.30, and I would go to the bathroom at 9 o'clock every day. Yeah, I have one girl in my block one who, like, I know that her body is attuned to do something at 9.15 every morning. She's like, can I go to the washroom? I'm like, yeah, girl, you go do what you need to do. Yeah. And she's gone for exactly five minutes, and she's back. Yeah, but so it's just like... I would be gone for, like, two, because the bathroom was literally just yeah. down the hallway, and I would come back, or I'd go she's get a drink, and I would come back. She's doing her best. And then it got to the point, it was mostly a test to see if I could, like, do it without getting in trouble. And my teacher either didn't notice or didn't care. By, like, midway through the year, I was able to just, like, get up and leave and not have to ask. Because he knew I would come straight back. Like, that was sort of the, the understanding, right? I have a kid in my block one class, we start at 9, who every day at about 9.40 asks if he can go to the bathroom. And I don't particularly care. Because, again, I used to do it too, but he's always gone for, like, 15 minutes. So yesterday I finally said to him, I was like, look. Mm-hmm. I was like, you're gone for an all. And I ran for the whole class. And I was like, you're gone for over a class period mm-hmm. every week because you have to go to the washroom it's like we need to go see your doctor it's like because that's a medical thing and he was like uh uh and i was like no i'm, I'm concerned about you i'm worried that there's something going that there's something wrong that you're that you have to go to the bathroom and you're gone for like 15 minutes at a time it's like you're missing like basically an entire class yeah. every week by being gone for that much time i was like that's ridiculous and then I feel like he won't ask again. Mm. Did anyone laugh? Oh, yeah. Does he have some buddies in that class? He sure does. That was totally part of it. That's one of my favorite things to say to kids who are late all the time when I, like, kind of... Because if, if I have a kid who's habitually late, I will keep track of, like, what time they come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have a late book that they have to sign, so it's super easy. But, like, I will also just kind of keep track. And I will say to them, hey, this month you've missed the equivalent of three classes by being late. Thanks for caring about what I do. And I'll say that, like, right out loud, right in front of everybody. And they're mm-hmm. just like, uh sorry i'm like no don't don't no, apologize not. just don't do it you're not sorry like not at all this time of year sucked i hate it i have so much marking i have to do between now and like the 25th of june yep 
Um, I marked some social 10 stuff today, but I still am going to have like 650 pieces of writing to mark between now and the end of June. Yeah. It's like final exams or whatever, whatever. It's dumb. It sucks. It's the worst. But the great thing about final exams, no, no comments. comments. True. Um, so I got into it a little bit on Twitter the other day. Oh. Shocker. Um, somebody made a comment about Justin Trudeau, about how, because he used to be a teacher, or he was supposedly a part-time teacher, or whatever, I don't know, whatever, whatever. and someone was like, no, in BC, you have to be certified even to be a substitute, like, it doesn't work. Yeah, like, that's like how in it is in Alberta. Um, and then the guy responded, he's like, well, anyone could be a teacher, just pretend to be overworked, and I was like, pretend, you motherfucker, ah, because here's the thing about our jobs that I maybe hate more than anything. Other than, like, some of the bullshit. It's not 9 to 5? Is that it's not. And when I'm doing the teaching part of the job, or the exam supervision part of the job, I can't do other things. Yeah. And my day is governed by a bell. And so, like... There's so much stuff that you have to do in your day that you actually cannot do. During your day. Because you have no time. You, uh, because you have... Yes. Things to do other from things 9 until 3 or 3.30 yes. or whatever your day is. And so when people are like, oh yeah, but you're done early and you get summers off, yeah. You're not done early, the kids leave early. (laughs) There are days where you might have to leave and you can take advantage of that and I get that. But like, in order to do my job, like when I went away for two days, it took me probably six hours to do my lesson plans for two days. Yeah, trying to make plans for a sub takes longer than making your own plans. Oh, for sure, because you have to be like, this is what we do, this is the procedure, this is how this works, here's all the stuff. I know where my stuff is. I yes. can just print it out the morning of. I don't really care. In case you go too fast, here's some other stuff, backup stuff. In yeah. case this happens, here's what you need to know about this kid. This kid yeah. needs the blue paper. This kid needs to sit at the front of the room. Yeah. Make sure they're at the like. This kid will 100% fall asleep, so please make note of the time when you notice that he is, yes. and don't bother waking him up. This kid is going to ask to go to the bathroom. He's not allowed to go to the bathroom. Yeah. This, this kid is not allowed to use his phone during class. Like th- this class, this entire class has to give their phones in at the beginning of class, yes. and no one is allowed to leave. And they will work really well. Yeah. But just please make sure you collect their phones because otherwise, it's chaos. Mm-hmm. And there's all of these things. And I was like, pretend to be overworked. Oh my god. I told you before we started that I am happy today for the first time in four months because. I have no marking this weekend. Is that because you just decided not to do it or because you legitimately have none? Uh, well, I have three, um, like, tiny poetry annotation sheets from three kids who just didn't hand in the last page of it. Right. And I just have to, because of that, put out a shitty mark. And they're like, oh, but the page is here. And I'm like, why didn't you hand it in? Why did you rip out the last page? Three kids did it. So that'll take me five minutes. Well, that's good. Monday morning? That's good. But next week is going to be hell. Next two weeks, I'm going to have four class sets of essays, two exams on top of that, two small writing assignments on top of that. This job is done, and I love yes. it. And I do not know game. Um, do you want to do some questions? We got lots of good ones. I know. Can I pee first? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> If it sounds different in a few minutes, it's disgusting <laughs> one way. Bye. Okay, we're back. Uh. I am one pound lighter of liquid. <laughs> it was like seven minutes. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I, it was a, 
It was a significant amount of time, and I paid that full time. I just need you all to know that. Um, so we've got a lot of questions. Uh, I'm just gonna read that label. Um, <laughs> we have lots of questions. Uh, so thank you. Do you have any? Did anyone text you or? Larissa did. I'm just trying to find them right now. Okay. Yes, yeah, she said, if you had to, which would you rather eat? <laughs> I didn't read this before I started talking. <laughs> a seeing eye dog or a talking gorilla? Which would you rather eat? Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, she says, courtesy of Friends Season 8, Episode 24. Okay, uh, talking gorilla. I'm kind of feeling that way, too. Like, seeing eye dogs serve a purpose. Talking gorillas, <laughs> would it? No. I also... <laughs> no, this isn't bad, though. It would be, like, so similar to human flesh. Yeah, well. Similar figure. Uh, I was I just going to make, like, an Arby's joke, but I can't quite form it. It'll get there eventually. Eat it, Arby's. Um, I have another one from her, kay. too. I'm just trying to find it. Uh, if you could be the world's most renowned expert in one thing, what would it be? The most renowned in just one thing? Yes. <laughs> I'd have to limit my already <laughs> vast expertise? Larissa, how dare you? Um, I would like to be the world's most renowned expert in humility. better than my answer. Do you want to hear the answer that I texted her? I would love to. I said sex. <laughs> and you can so see, I even put it in brackets. <laughs> so what you're saying is you would not be Jamie Benn. Oh, Jamie Benn, poor. poor <sighs> okay. Poor man. Yeah, humility expert right here. Um, <laughs> that's one of my absolute favorite things because I don't know if you know this about me, but I don't like dumb people. <laughs> How is this related to humility? So, because it's it's a wordplay thing, and so when you, I would I, I would joke about it when I used to teach um like uh, instructor courses for the Red Cross mm-hmm. and like swimming instructor courses, I would always joke about it with kids. But um one of my one of the things that I will do once I like, get comfortable enough with people to like make those jokes and like hope yeah. that they don't feel like I'm being an asshole, which I t- kind of am, but whatever. Yeah. Is I will say that um. Uh, something along the lines of how I'm really modest mm-hmm. and it's my best quality. <laughs> and if they get the joke, then I'm like, you're okay. And if they don't get the joke, I'm like, well, you're dead to me. Yeah. So that's all. Um, okay. Reva asked a question, which I feel like we can both speak to. Why is it when you have mountains of work to do, it's so easy to put it off? There's, like, a psychological reason for it, I'm sure, but usually I just look at it and I'm like, I'm never going to get it all done, so I might as well not do any of it. It's sort of my... I think when you have, like, I will, over the next two weeks, that pile that just seems absolutely insurmountable, like, we're getting to the Everest of the school year. Yes. Actually, you know what? It's the K2 of the school year. I have no, no reason to back that up. My brain is worrying frantically right now. To come up with a reason. Okay, as you were just saying that, uh, can I can I give you another yes, comparison? Please. I don't know why the K two or the Everest, but it's sort of like a Shakespeare play, where we are just hitting Act Five, and yes. all of the shit's gonna happen. All of the shit's right gonna now. happen. All the follows. Like in happen. Romeo and Juliet, they're both still alive. Yes, but they're not gonna. Be but not for very much longer, <laughs> right? Like they're they're both still alive, 
what does that say about us? Somehow. We're not going to be alive very much longer. Uh, we might be. <laughs> but no, but that's that's sort of how I always feel, is that, like, this, the end of the semester yes. is the beginning of Act 5. Yeah, 100%. And it's just like, holy shit. Yeah. And just when you know there's that much still left, it's very hard to even begin. You have to be in a mind space that's like, yes, I'm going to get this done. It's going to feel so good when it's done. Yeah. Not, oh, I have to get started on that. Yeah. Or else, blah. Or else, blah. Yes. Which is why I think sometimes, if I had the, the brain capacity for it, teaching math or science, I think, would be better in that respect, that end of the year respect. Because, yes, there's a lot to do. And you probably end up, like, teaching longer mm-hmm. into that end of semester. Because you have to go to, like, the very last day. But yeah. because of that, I feel like there's less work to do. Along the way. Along the way. At yeah. the, and especially at the end of the semester yeah. point, like the marking and stuff. Yeah, right. If you're doing review exams and whatever, but lots of multiple choice and... Or it's so, just yes, no, yes, yeah, no. Yes, so the yes, marking no. is super yeah. easy, whereas ours is a little bit more involved. Yeah. But then there are days where, like, oh, we're watching the film version of the novel we just read. I'm going to push play for two days. Yeah. So there's that <laughs> option as well. But what I do during that... Is work. Is work. Like, I'm, like, creating a test or I'm, like, marking, marking a paragraph while they're watching it. Which is kind of nice. Yes. That we do get that time built in. In those respects. Yeah. But it's very rare that that happens. And sometimes my kids don't like it. They're like, but you're not watching the class. And then I'll have to be like, okay. Um, I didn't watch Shawshank with my kids, and they were like, what the fuck am I not watching? And I was like, would you like to know how many times I've seen this movie? I can tell you, like, what the soundtrack's gonna sound like in about four minutes, so just leave me alone. I got this. And, like, I would be doing something else, and I would look up, and I would pause, like, oh, by the way, and then I'd, like, go back, and they were like, how did you? I'm like, don't even worry about it. Like, we watched the trial scene from To Kill a Mockingbird. I'm not watching the whole movie with him, like, just those important Mm -hmm. parts. And Mr. Gilmer, the fucking prosecuting attorney, is sitting in his chair with his leg over it like this okay and i was like i had to pause i was like do you guys see this like what does that tell you about him one guy was like he's cocky and i was like yes he knows he's gonna win he's not even trying but it was just like one of those moments where i like to talk to kids about like what we're seeing but sometimes i'm just like yeah if it's great gatsby i'm like i need I can tune out here for the next hour. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I don't have to pay any attention. No. Do you have any more questions? That's it. Okay. Um, Mike wants to know, what is the J.R. Smith moment of this NHL season? Hmm. I'm just trying to think if there was, like, anything. That was pretty big. That was a pretty big boneheaded thing. Especially because that could be a series-altering yes. moment. I don't know if there's, ev- like, been a boneheaded moment that's altered but I haven't watched that much hockey this year just because yeah. I haven't had the fucking time um I don't know last year it was Patrick Lineage scoring on his own net yeah. against the Oilers that was pretty funny um there hasn't really been anything like that this year has there not that I can think of no you know what it's not hmm. fucking hold be safe yeah maybe that shot though Right into the stick. Well, and see, that's that's an argument that I've heard and I'm, I'm from a number of places um, that involve Dave Lozo. Because um, <laughs> he said it both on Biscuits and on, on Puck Soup that, like, the save wasn't that great. Yeah. Uh, it was that the shot was, it like, was really basically right where the paddle of the stick was going to be. Yeah. If Holtby Why didn't you roof it? Yeah. 
we're that close. Yeah. Just like pull it back a little bit and just yeah. like <laughs> dunk over the stick in the net. Exactly. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's been another. No, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, Rex wants to know where's the pencil sharpener, and the answer is it's on the goddamn table where it's been for the whole goddamn semester. Use your fucking brain, Rex. That's what the answer is. Um. Uh, what else? Another sportsy question. Nope. Five. Couple more sportsy questions. Ugh. Which is okay. Just relax. Um. Oh, Mike, sorry, the second part of Mike's question, which I missed, so his his question was, what is a J.R. Smith moment of this NHL season? And then um, his follow-up question is, and why does the top five consist entirely of Chris Russell's voice? Oh. Because. Because, of course. Because Chris Russell is that happy. Well, I wanted to say when we were doing our, our line of comparisons that I would say that J.R. is as dumb as Chris Russell, but J.R., like, can be good. Mm-hmm. Can be quite good if mm-hmm. used appropriately, and I just don't know. I was joking at work Chris yesterday Chris about JR that his punishment for that boneheaded play was that he had to leave his shirt on. Poor old JR. Um, but, like, if I had that body, fuck, tits out all the time, man. <laughs> of course. It's a great thing to explain to people. I'm shouting my inner JR. Just like. But, like, I know. But like, um, I know. Matthew's shirt is not on. Yeah, I know. Do you see this? <laughs> Why would I cover it up? Oh, that's funny. Um, question from Ryan. Does Vegas winning the cup grow the game of hockey or hurt it? It's an awesome story, but for people not into hockey, does an expansion team coming and winning um, make the league a joke? No. Makes all the men in it a joke. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, weren't they already? Yeah. Not in their mind. But in everyone else's. Mm. Um, No, I think it's good for hockey. It's great. I think it does a lot of really cool things. I think it, I think it brings, and, and I would agree, I was listening to Biscuits the other day, and uh, Douglas Brown was saying that, like, if that game one of that series is the first NHL game that any, someone's ever watched, mm-hmm. they're going to be like, this league is fucking awesome, because yeah. that game was great to watch. Absolutely. It wasn't a good game, but it was 6-4, yeah. it was, like, you know, there's lots of goals, there's lots of things going on, like, it was very exciting, it was very entertaining, there's some big saves, uh, there's and all this pageantry. Is what you need. Yes. Yes. You don't want someone's first NHL to experience to be like a two-one yes. trap game. Yes, exactly. Right, where the the winning goal is yeah. scored on a deflection mm-hmm. off the goalie's butt into the net. Mm-hmm. You, you know. want drama. Yeah. The NHL does not want drama, but you as a fan want drama. You want it to be the epitome of from Dumb and Dumber, so you're saying there's a chance. Yes, yeah, that's, that's what you what want. That's what you want your fans to believe about whatever team they're fans of. Well, it's like if, if someone's first foray into NFL football involves a Hail Mary touchdown, mm-hmm. that's fucking great. Yeah, for sure. You know, or like a missed field goal run back for a touchdown, or something like big and dramatic at the end, that's what you want them to have, because you want them to have that like, yeah. you know, that memory of like the first game I ever watched, this is a thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a different PVR than I had when this happened, but I still on my old PVR, which I have to figure out how to get this off of there, um, and some other stuff like movies or whatever, have the recording of the end of the game. I think it was in December of 2015 when Aaron against the Lions and Aaron Rodgers threw the Hail Mary into like triple coverage, a Hail mm-hmm. Mary touchdown to Richard Rodgers. Fucking awesome. 
and I had like friends texting me. They were like, "Did you see that?" I was like, oh, "Of course I did." <laughs> like it was amazing. Even my dad was like, "Wow!" And my dad, that's like a six-headed just okay. Um, but like that, what if that had been the first game that I had ever watched? Yeah, I'd be like, "Whoa, these guys are so good. That was so great." Because yeah. there was like that drama, and I think having this story, I think actually helps get new fans. Of get course. new fans, of course. Um, but then the NHL is a flawed product, so. Yes, but also, it's advantageous for expansion teams to succeed. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. Why? Like we're stuck in this narrative that they have to be bad. Why would fans watch a team that sucks? Well, Especially brand new fans mm-hmm. or fans who finally have a home team. They would have no reason to be invested. Yeah. In. I was like, gonna say, why would fans watch a team that sucks? Well, I mean, for ten years I watched. The Dredgers are like the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I don't watch them anymore, so. Um, bum, 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 bum. So Tom asked a question about Batman versus Superman, um, and I don't didn't want to watch this 15-minute video about a movie that I didn't like, um, but his question is whether the changes in this link that he sent us would have made the movie better, and I can say almost with absolute certainty that yes, they would have, because it was a bad movie. Hey. Hi. Chris, you want to come do questions with us? Yeah. yeah, we're just in the question part. We're almost at the end. Yeah. Okay, come sit down so We have a special guest. <laughs> Chris is home. <laughs> we have to make room for him. We, we, we missed the part where we like compared NHL players to uh, yes, and basketball players. Yes, and I was wishing that you were here. Come sit here. Yeah, I have to come over there. Okay. We were um, trying to compare the Golden State Warriors starting lineup and the Cavs lineup to like current NHL players. Yeah. Megan controversially said that the LeBron James of the NHL can get Sidney Crosby. No, no, this season alone, not necessarily for about Who made magic out of nothing in the NHL. Yeah, this year. Th. Yeah, sure did. Come on, just this year. So. Paul didn't take his team to the finals. No, no, but he made magic out of absolutely nothing. The next leading scorer on his team had like 50 points. That's a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, where are we at here? Questions. Larissa asked a question. She's like, what would you do with the $60 million? Since that was a lot of maxis. But that was yesterday. So it's actually 120 112. 112. So what would you do with $112 million? $112 off some debts. Okay, well that's $87,000 gone. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? $111 million left. I'd Plus. Buy property in different areas. Like, you know, get a house in Hawaii. Mm. Like, um, maybe get one in Australia. I don't know. Just probably have a house here. I, I really don't like, I don't have expensive taste, so I don't know what I'd do. Would you that. buy a stake in a sports team? No. Really? I'd be too stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's, like, just a money pit. Like, how many sports teams are super successful and it actually pays off to buy them? Mm-hmm. Be real. So, no. I would buy a nicer bike. Seriously. <laughs> you just need, like... A hundred thousand. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's, it's such a hard thing. Like, a yeah. hundred million. Like, what do you do with that? You get a jet. You, like, 
<laughs> what about like philanthropy? What would you? Oh, give it away to. Yeah, like if you were to give some, some, not that you have to, but if you were to, like what types of things would you want to give it away to? SPCA. <laughs> I don't know. Like you would start. No, you would have big, a like big. six acreage farm in the fucking wilderness, and it would just be like a thousand rescue pets. Yeah, just I'm like living their life. I'll, and I would like come in and ring a bell, and I'd feed them all, and they're just just swarms <laughs> of dogs coming towards me. You get like airdrop yeah, food in, because yeah. that's the only way you have enough. And I have to run and just like start hucking food, and they're all like chasing me down. It's just a fucking bloodbath. Every day. <laughs> but would day. you start like a scholarship, like the whatever, whatever? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's probably where I'd go education. Mm. And maybe like money towards like kids' sports teams or something, organized sports, mm. jumpstart. How much money is really hard to like yeah, what would you yeah. conceive of? I noticed you did not give any money to your family. I'm just gonna pocket that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it goes with like paying off debts. You pay off any family debts too. Like anyone who has a mortgage. Oh. And like I was like, you consider yourself a debt to your family? <laughs> like now you're like, you're fucking square with me. I'm gone. <laughs> We're out. Never see you oh. again, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> Keep the name. <laughs> there too with the money but mm-hmm. yeah okay what would you do you weren't here megan's first well like i've been i'm thinking about this is a really good question like, i don't know like you spend like two million of it and then i don't know what to do yeah for sure i would pay off my house mm-hmm. and i would buy my parents house from them mm-hmm. because i would like to Fucking live there again <laughs> <laughs> no and then i would buy I them a house you. <laughs> no i would but i would just buy their or i would just buy them a house and be like you need to move like i'm gonna take your house over because like they're at the point now where like my mom needs to not live in a two-story house anymore so you know, I would, like, do that. But, and I'd, like, pay off my car and whatever. But, like, I don't know. Yeah, you still have, like, 100 Yeah, like, what do you, like, I don't know. It's just, there's just so much. So there would be, like, some scholarship stuff. And, like, I would buy property all over the place. I'd buy, like, a place in Paris. Mm. Maybe a good town place in Europe. Something in Australia, maybe. Hawaii would be good. But, like, I don't know. Beyond that, I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I would like to use it for, um, like, startups. So oh, okay. Like, you know, young people, young entrepreneurs, people of color, minorities, like that type of philanthropy. Like, how can I assist you in achieving mm-hmm. your dream? I think I would go to every fucking high school in Edmonton and be like, here's your free classroom Chrome cart. Take it. I was just thinking what I would do is um, fund like school breakfast and lunch programs. In yes. Kids. How much money do you need to feed every single kid breakfast and lunch for the year? Here's a check. Yeah, and then like invest what you have so that you can just like pull on the interest on that and still have money and just and like just keep continually doing it. fund yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Something like that. That would be useful. And then I'd build a rocket and go to Mars. <laughs> Is that enough money? Uh, no. <laughs> I would build a rocket and put some people in it, and then mm, fire into the sun. Them to yeah. Mars. Oh, not Mars, because there's gonna be a colony there someday, and no one needs to be subjected to that shit there. Unless straight the into the sun. <laughs> It's made up of everyone else you also hate. <laughs> the colony is made up of the hockey men and, like, the other. <laughs> no. Just straight into the sun. Or onto Venus, maybe, where no one can survive. Just, like, be done with it. It's a really expensive way to kill someone. 
But I guess you're a millionaire. Yeah, so what do you care? You can't just, you know, yeah. stab them. <laughs> <laughs> Too much collateral. That's what the it. peasants do. <laughs> <laughs> Would you use your resources to become a masked vigilante? Isn't that what Bruce Wayne did? Yes, Chris. Yeah. That's exactly what I did. So, no. Because oh. <laughs> things I didn't think, end well for him. Yeah, I think realistically, if like there was a Bruce Wayne, he died. Like the first <laughs> night he tried to, to stop a robbery. Probably. Like, Multi-billionaire like, yeah. Bruce Wayne killed outside of 7-Eleven. Because he like fucking tripped on his own feet and smashed his head into the emergency yeah. door. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just boned it. Just boned it real good. Yeah, I also think that I would probably keep working for a while. Not for money way. reasons, because I just need something to do. Like I can't, I, yeah. I don't do well without structure. Mm. Like Christmas break is two weeks long, and by like day four, I'm just like I don't even know what's going on. What day of the week it is, I don't know. So I need. Is to it morning? Do, is it night? Yeah, like I just need to <laughs> do something for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, until I can figure out like what to actually do. What is, if you had that much money, we're really taking a long time with this question, but if there was, like, a product that you want to be funded, what would you invest in? Where you're like, finally someone's making this, here's the money to make it happen. A juice juice machine that squeezes out packets of juice into a glass. Oh my god. (laughs) That was a thing that was real, you know, yeah, no, I I don't know. Uh, Skip the dishes, but with drones. Mm Mm-hmm. Where you just send drones to your, you know, like your, your balcony. Yeah. So you just don't want to interface with other humans again. A lot of people don't. <laughs> but like interactions like that, I'm kind of with him on that. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. Like how awesome would it be if you're like, yeah, I want, you know, anything, pizza, and and of, at all hours of the day too. So you'd like, but two what in the morning, you... like this Pizza Hut drone just lands on your balcony and it just like drops and like pieces out. Yeah. I saw an X-Files episode like that though. Didn't end well. <laughs> it's kind of terrifying. I was thinking instead of that, why not just have like the Star Trek, whatever it's called, materializer thing. Oh. But you know what I'm thinking? I... Homer Simpson's makeup gun. <laughs> Give me that shit. <laughs> Give, if I can perfect face, all I gotta do is press a trigger? Ah! Oh. Save me so much time. So many things could go wrong. But don't, just don't set it to four. <laughs> I think I would, if there was Final. a thing that was real, something that could like mark essays for me. Mm-hmm. And understand nuance in text that I didn't have to like read the garbage. But then, but then pretty soon, you have no job. <laughs> just the marking part. Someone's still gotta do the teaching, but just something that I can like figure out, yes, this is good writing, no, this is, not, this is bad writing. Just leave it at that. Or yeah. you just become the technician that yeah. fixes the robots. Yeah. But that's a good question because it, it makes you think if you had all that money, would you still have a job? And realistically, most people would say yes because their job gives them something that money doesn't, yeah. right? Right. And, and they said this on Office Space that like your perfect job is whatever you would do if money was no object. Mm. I don't think Office Space was that insightful, was it? it? it that, that, yeah, that just, yeah. Oh. But it's true though, like if, if, I mean like I like my job most of the time, except for like right now, but like I don't know what I would do if I didn't have a job. Because like I need Something, purpose. yeah. Of, like two months off in the summer is a daunting, 
thing for me. So like summer school is 100% the way to go. And then I can still get a month off and it's great. Yeah, it's, it's not surprising why you see so many like A-list actors, celebrities, singers end up like turning towards like some substance and having like a, an early death, like much mm. like, premature, because they probably didn't have any purpose after they that that much like money. Like after they leave that job. Mm-hmm. Because they're like essentially contract workers, producers on some film, and then yeah. Unless you have something else, then you're... It's just space. Yeah. But also, like, realistically, $112 million or whatever it is, is just, I can't even... I don't know what what it looks like. Can we pool money, and I'm assuming we all win exactly $120 million, and finally, finally fund genetic research into how to save those things? Nobody's working on that? <laughs> I would rather have dinosaurs. Have you not seen Jurassic Park? I feel like I feel like. Yeah. No, it would be different. <laughs> would it though? That's what they thought. They were gonna be like nice and gentle and kind, and then everybody died. They're all be herbivores. It's fine. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I imagine I could get behind that hippos. Giraffes. They would be pests. They'd be like, I got damn hippos again. <laughs> <laughs> They'd overtake the yeah. rabbit population. Yeah. Or like gophers or whatever. They'd yeah. just be house hippos everywhere. It's fucking great. And then it'd be like a whole new industry of like house hippo traps. Picture that. <gasps> oh. And house hippo exterminators. Yeah. <gasps> You'd have to get yeah. to that point. Yeah. And there'd be like there'd be like regulations on the kind of poisons that you could use because, you know. Yeah. For them because they might, they might poison might. children. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And like PETA would be all over so it. Delicious. Yeah. Do you know what we could do if we had three hundred and twenty million dollars or three hundred sixty million dollars? Actually, we wouldn't even need your money for this. You could keep your own. <laughs> we could make a sequel to that fucking King Arthur movie. Oh shit! Just yeah, fund we it could fund that or so- I don't even think we need a hundred million. Probably not. No. <laughs> we could just do that. That would be. So there, I would like. Because Jude Law's not going to be there. Who else are they fucking paying? There you go. So I pay off some debt. And like buy a house for my parents yes. and whatever, buy maybe a couple properties elsewhere, do a little bit of traveling, put some money away for like when I'm done, and then King Arthur sequel done deal. Sequel. There you yes. go. Perfect. And market it correctly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. There we go. Um, Jess wants to know what were the first movie characters that you got attached to, and hers were the twins from Hook. Oh, maybe the twins from Hook. I can't wait for yours. Indiana Jones, I think. Really? Yeah. You're emotionally attached to Indiana Jones? I don't know how attached you can get to an 80s character, but I was like, I want, <laughs> I want to be, I could like convince myself it was Indiana Jones. Like you know what, this is old. explaining a lot. It the whip? <laughs> wow. <laughs> the hat? <laughs> Are wow. we saying too much? It's <laughs> <laughs> got real awkward real fast. <laughs> Aragorn for sure. Yeah? Yes. Like unhealthy attachment? A hundred percent. That seems about right. Um, I don't know who mine would be. I thought about this when I saw this earlier and I was like, oh, I have to come up with an answer. I don't know if I have one. That or like Aladdin. Or Belle. Fair enough, yeah. Um, I 
don't know. Would have had to be something like from probably when I was like 16, 17, like in there somewhere. I don't know. Let me think of that for a minute. But not figures like Luke. Yeah, like maybe. Mm. So I was thinking. I was surprised yours came so late because Eric were only within like I was 12. 12. So nothing before then. Because I'm more like Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin. Yeah. Before that. I was wanted to be the pink Power Ranger, but I wasn't emotionally attached to her. Jumbo. <laughs> Answered well, too quickly to that non-question. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What if it's a book character then? A book character? Um, that's another good question. Uh, the kid in Pitch Type Ruby or whatever his name is. Jesse, is that his name? Maybe? Don't know. Never read it. Oh, it's so good. So good. Makes me cry still. Mm. Which is, like, hard to do. So when I, like, criticize, like, for a children's book. Okay. When I criticize the Harry Potter books, like, the first ones as being bad books, people are like, oh, it's because they're kids' books. I'm like, no, no, let me show you a good kids' book. Mm. That was a great children's book. I'll have to add it to my list. Uh, it's very short. It's, like, 120 pages long. And that's, like, big print. Yeah. <laughs> Not even, like, that size print. Yeah. It's very good. Uh, maybe him. I don't, yeah, the movie characters, I don't know. I don't know really, I don't know. Because I've never, like, it would probably be a Disney character. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, maybe Belle. Mm-hmm. That, like, with, because of the library, I think was probably the reason. Um, but yeah, I don't really have those. Um, Jess also wants to know, uh, if you had to move to a mountain town, would you stay in Canada or go to Europe? Or is there a specific place that you would, like, to settle if you were living in the mountains? I'd say it'd have to be coastal mountains, because I wouldn't want all the snow all the time. Okay. So probably, like, somewhere west coast for us. That was my choice. For a mountain town? Yeah. Like, town? You can't be saying, like, Vancouver. Like, Squamish? Is that what you're saying? Somewhere that, like, you could get out of, like, reasonably easy and not be stuck. Yeah, that's a good choice. Europe, it'd be nice to say, like, Switzerland or something. Yeah. I just feel like winters would be... They're not as bad. They're not as bad. No. Doesn't get as cold. Doesn't get as cold. Mm. I don't think. I have to test it out when I win the Lotto Max. There you go. I think think the Alps would be kind of cool. Or somewhere in the Pyrenees or whatever. It would be nice to live in Europe. I don't know. Or, like, if I was going to say in Canada, it would be in Quebec. Mm. Because they're not real mountains. But I, like... And it's easier to get out of some of those places. Right. Except in the spring. <laughs> You'd have to helicopter out. Um, but yeah, I'd probably just think of something like that. Um, what else do we have? Tom's question was that bad movie. Last question from Jess. It's not as hard as she thinks it's going to be. When I read it, I was like... I'm going to say it's very much wardrobe-based. One hundred for Well, maybe not. It's more like occupation-based. Actually, Tom had a question as well, which you'll be surprised by the answer, probably. Tom's question was, would Megan rather never cheer for Taylor Hall again, but get to meet Aaron Judge and get signed personalized merchandise, or never cheer for Aaron Judge again, but get to meet Taylor Hall and get signed personalized It's the latter. Nope. (gasps) Really? I didn't write Taylor Hall. I have his autograph. It's good. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right? It's fine. Like, make it a harder question. Put, like, Sidney Crosby in there, and I'd have to really think about it. But, like, that one, I've already done the one thing, so I'm like, I'm okay. It's good. Oh, okay. Um, 
Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Fuck, Mary kill. Mountain Man Steve Rogers. Beach Island Steve Rogers. Rancher Steve Rogers. Chris? I'm gonna ask, who's Steve Rogers? <laughs> <laughs> Captain America. Yeah, I figured as much. <laughs> oh, boy. But this is gonna be a struggle, because I, I don't know. But if you're just giving me a mountain man or a, a beach, uh, a beach, beach man. island man or a rancher, so rancher dies, for sure. Because you're just not a farming boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And. You've got Marion kill or Marion fuck left. Uh yeah, so I guess the latter would be the beach guy, right? That's you're gonna you fuck do. the beach guy. Yeah, that's what you do. And then, yeah, marry the... Mountain guy. Yeah, for real. Or mountain guy myself. Living in, you know, Edmonton. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you aspire to be. Yep. Hmm. White lips, right? How about you? I'm actually going to do the same. Well, you didn't know who the fuck Steve Rogers was. I, I figured I knew. I just didn't want to screw it up. Your exasperated face on that was like what I imagine your exasperated face with your kids is. <laughs> like, don't know where the stapler is. Oh, yes, exactly. Um, you're going to kill the beach guy. And you're going to fuck the mountain man. And then you're going to marry the rancher. Why are you going to marry the rancher? Oh, because that's the dream life, man. It lots, is? Lots of land, not in the city. Oh, yeah. So good. Just you and him alone some fucking cows sure but like like i'm thinking like what like with most ranch lands like down in like like in alberta anyway like southern alberta and mountains are kind of like right there so there's like there's nice landscapes or whatever you're not stuck in the mountains you're comboing mountain yeah. men and ranchers and then like the mountain men might end up like getting killed in an avalanche so you know just say you never know that's dark <laughs> but it's possible yeah you could also get gored to death by a steer yeah probably not less likely Okay, why are you killing Beachman? Eh. I don't because know. you expect he's like a surfer dude? Maybe. Because you're like, hey, bruh. Yeah, that was, yeah. Hey, Beachman. Like what? So that was not nearly as difficult a question just as you. Maybe that was going to be, I don't know. Um, that's all we have. All we have is almost two hours. <laughs> is that of course it was. <laughs> it was. You said you wanted to rant about work and it took us an hour to get, to, to, get that. to that. It's true. Chris, did you like Han Solo? Yep. It's better than I thought. But you had very low expectations. I did. Some people said it was awful. Why were your expectations so low? So many people gave reviews saying it was just awful. It was really I don't know. I didn't understand why. What, what would you give it out of ten? Seven and a half. Mm. Okay. I haven't seen it yet, but I'll see it eventually. Interesting. What okay. would you give it out of ten? Low six. All right. A generous six. A rounding up six. It's like a barely satisfactory. Yes. Okay. It's at the bottom of the satisfactory kind of way. And you could very easily dissuade him to give it out of five. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Okay, well, that's all we have for today. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play and SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. I said that wrong and it feels weird, but anyway, whatever. We have an email address. You can send us emails if you want. You should, because all I ever get is like, you have signed in from this other place on Chrome for Windows. I'm like, I know, I just did that. Um, That's me. It's Podcast at gmail.com. We have a website, garbagefirepodcast.com. Uh, Meg is on Twitter at Meg14. 
I am on Twitter at GrubFirePod. We have an Instagram in which we did a live of the first, I don't know, 10 minutes at GarbageFirePod. Sure. Sure. Cast? I don't know. Cast? We'll find out. I don't think many other things are called that, so you will find it immediately. Yeah. If you search Garbage Fire on, like, iTunes or Garbage, I think it's just Garbage. It's like We're the second Garbage one. Time and then yeah. Us, so, like, you can't really go wrong. It's Garbage Fire Podcast. Okay. Um, and that's all we have. Again, if there's anything you want to talk about or whatever, um, let us know. We have some summer plans that we have to work out at some point in time. Yes. But we have time now. Almost. We will in like two weeks. Have some time. Um, and that's all we have for today. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you in the dumpster. <laughs>